Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Come on, come on on Father's Day. Let's honor our Abba Father. Let's honor our Heavenly Father. Come on, the greatest shout, the greatest cheer, the greatest praise, the greatest honor. Abba Father, Heavenly Father, we honor you. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. It was the Father that saved. It was the Father that delivered. It was the Father that stepped into time, split time in half. It was a father that redeemed us. It was a father that so loved. I just want you to know today you are so loved. You are so loved. There is a heavenly father who loves you, who is for you. He loves you. Just, Just turn your palms towards heaven. I just feel his presence. A lot of people think that the Bible is a religious text. The people that say that are are usually very, very cynical people or very, very dead spiritual people. The Bible is not a religious text. The Bible store, the Bible is the greatest love story. The tragedies, the triumph, the juxtaposition, the rescue mission, the impossibility, but a God who never quits, who never gives up who against all odds sends his only begotten son into the world in the womb of a teenage girl living in one of the smallest little towns in the earth, Bethlehem. She brings forth and she lays him in a feeding trough in a manger. Billions of babies have been born over the centuries. This kid wasn't born in a palace. This kid wasn't born to royalty or he was born in obscurity. But this kid was on assignment from heaven. So powerful was the 33 years of this this man's life that he split time in half. All time is counted BC before Christ, AD, Anno Domini in the year of our Lord. And he came with one vision, with one mission, with one purpose to rescue you. Don't ever think the Bible is a religious text. It is not a religious text. It is the greatest love story ever told. It is is the story of a, a, a father, a God who so loved, he so loved you. He would rather die the most shameful, excruciating, painful death on a cross than live all eternity without you and his family. And if you're here today and you're not, you're not in that family, you're separated from God. The first thing Adam and Eve did when they sinned, they didn't realize they were prophesying. The first thing they did was they went and they took fig leaves and they sewed fig leaves together to cover their nakedness. And they hid from God amongst the trees. They had no idea that what they were wearing was what they were projecting. The leaves they were using to cover themselves, 
If you could look under a microscope, you would see the end of the leaves were already beginning to brown, already beginning to curl up because they were separated from the tree that was providing life and nutrients, keeping those leaves green. And because the leaves were separated from the, the tree, the leaves began to shrivel up and die. Because Adam and Eve had sinned, sin separated them from God, they, death, came into humanity. A lot of people, they look like they're living, but they're really the walking dead. That's why the Bible says, when you come to Christ, you're born again. The Bible says we're grafted into the vine. Life begins to flow. In 2023, it's very, very simple. It's never been easier to see. I see the people who aren't born again. They're full of hate, vitriol, hopelessness, anger, nastiness, perversion, lust, greed, animosity. And then I see the people who are grafted into the, the vine. They're grafted into the God. There are only two sources, my friend. Only two sources. Jesus says, you must be born again. Nicodemus says, how can a man be born again when he is old? Can he go into his mother's womb and come out again? And Jesus says, the earth gives birth to death. God cursed the earth. When Adam sinned, God said, cursed be the ground, thorns and thistles. At the end of a curse is death. The earth, everything it produces dies. Everything it produces dies. But Jesus says, whoever is born of heaven, whoever is born of spirit has everlasting life. There are a lot of people living, but they're the walking dead. But when you come to God, the Spirit of God will regenerate your soul, regenerate your spirit. You come alive and you have eternity. You have life. You have love. If you're here today, and you're away from God. You're away from, I'm not talking about religion. Let me just tell you something. Jesus wasn't sent into the earth because God said there's not enough religion. In fact, God said there's too much religion. If you find God's number one criticism in the Bible, it's religion. They're worshiping idols, they're worshiping gods, they're worshiping statues, they're worshiping golden calves, they're worshiping Baal, they're setting up pillars, they're setting up... The, Jesus didn't come to start a religion. He came to repair a broken relationship. And it's a relationship that when you get hooked up, when you get reconnected with God, the life of heaven, the life of God begins to flow. It'll, it, it will, like a flood, drown the bitterness and drown the hate, drown the hopelessness, drown the fears in your life and give way to faith, give way to joy, give way to love, give way to goodness and kindness, you'll find yourself living the greatest life. That's why we do what we do every Sunday. The people around about you can attest, yeah, when I gave my life to Christ, life came. Jesus said, I have come to that you may have life and life more abundantly. So while every head is bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today, and you're away from God and need to come back, if you're disconnected from your heavenly Father, friend on Father's Day, the greatest thing you can do is discover the perfect Father, your heavenly Father, who so loved you, He sent His Son on a rescue mission to save your life. 
So if you're saying, Pastor, that's me. I want to come back to God or I need to connect with God. I, 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 need to, I need to come back to the family. I want to be in God's family. Would you quickly raise your hand? I'll see your hand and I'm going to say a prayer for you. Who are those ones? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Who else? Just lift it high. Lift it high. Lift it high. Thank you through there. Thank you through there. Thank you through there. Is there anybody else? I'd love to pray really quickly. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you. I see that hand. See that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Let's just close our eyes. Say these words with me out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, on Father's Day, we want to honor you. A Father who so loved me, you sent your only Son to search, to locate, to rescue, and deliver me from the power of darkness. Lord Jesus, thank you that when you died on the cross, you broke the power of sin. When you died on that cross, you died in my place so that I could be forgiven. I could be clean. I could be renewed. Today I declare I am a child of God. Heaven is my home. God is my Father, and I will serve Him all my days. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a great praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So proud of you guys on Father's Day. See this handsome man down here. He has gifts. If you raise your hand and you prayed that prayer for the first time, second time, third time, we want to give you a Bible and we want to give you a book written by Pastor Samuel Duth called Following Jesus. It's awesome. It's an easy read. It'll just help you how to, how to get this thing going. Where, where do I start? You get the Bible. It's got 66 books. You're like, oh my gosh, where do I even start? And you can start in Leviticus and I don't recommend it. The Levitical laws, that they, they, they sink me every year. It'll tell you where to start, how to get on, and how to ride this bike, how to do this life. So if you've already got a Bible, still grab it because you might find someone you can give it away to this year or it might just be an easier translation than the one that you've got sitting on your on your bedside table at home and uh, it's got no dust on it. It's awesome. But if you would have raised your hand knowing we were giving away free gifts, you can still come on down at the end of the service and this young man will... He won't judge. He won't say, you didn't have your hand right. Just come on down. If you brought someone that needed to raise their hand, if you brought, brought a family member today to celebrate Father's Day and they needed to raise their hand, you come down, get them a, a Bible and a following. We want to make it as easy as possible for people to get, to get connected with God, get connected with a God vision and God purpose and God's goodness for your life. Amen. Amen. Come on, one more time. Give God a praise and give two or three people a high five and tell them they are really, really ridiculously good looking. Happy Father's Day to all our fathers. I do want to just take a moment to, I've got to be very careful of the time because I ran out in the previous service, but uh, I want to honor Pastor Dr. Matt Hubbard and his beautiful bride, Pastor Michaela Ray Valentine. Dr. Matt got me these shoes for Father's Day. That's what a sweetheart he is. He got me these shoes for Father's Day. And uh, if you would have asked me, if you would have asked me, hey, what are the two things? What are the two things that that are irreparable in your life? You're you're born again. You're a Christian. What are the two areas where you'll you'll never be any good? I would have said, well, uh, probably father. Father would be one area and then men's ministry men's ministry, because of just the devastation and the brokenness in my own family, 
the dysfunction of, of my father and just the, the traumatic childhood that I had. Uh, I had no, no clear picture of what a father could be. So to hear someone say he's a father to, it, it's still, it, it's, it, it's like, it's like a, it feels like a coat that doesn't feel comfortable. I, it, that people put it on, but it just, I'm like, oh man, I can't, I can't wear this. I just don't feel, but that's God. God, God does things in you if you'd give your life to him. But I got to tell you, one of the great things about being a dad, about being a father is seeing your children flourish. And, uh, you know, even though Dr. Matt's only, you know, a decade or two younger than me, uh, what a son, what a son, what a leader, what a pastor. He, he, you know, I met him, he was an extraordinary chiropractor and he was fun. Wherever Dr. Hubbard was, there was fun. You were going to have fun with Dr. Matt. You were going to laugh. You were going to have fun. He was enthusiastic. Um, I remember we'd have guest speakers come in and they'd be promoting a book. They'd say, hey, you know, this, this book will help you. And Dr. Matt wouldn't buy the book. He wouldn't buy the book. He'd buy a whole flipping box. Where he's like, oh, dude, that's it. I'm buying 200. And he'd buy 200 books. And there's, he's giving them away in his practice. You know, people are getting adjusted and he's giving them a book and this book will change your life and... He was just, it was always over the top. And then he introduced me to Michaela Ray. And as soon as we met Michaela Ray, we just, we just knew. There was something on that young lady. What a sweetheart. And, uh, and then I remember about seven years ago, uh, Leanne and I, somebody close to us had, had gone through, uh, had decided they wanted to annul their, wanted to end their marriage. And they, they were kind of leaders and influencers and end their marriage. And we saw the devastation on people and teams and on their family, their, their kids. And, uh, and then Leanne read a statistic that the divorce rate inside the church was almost no different to the divorce rate outside of the church. And Leanne's like, oh, that shouldn't be. And we need to do something, babe. We need to do something. I'm like, yes, yes, we need to do something. And so, so we decided, well, you know, we got these church buildings. Let's put, let's do a marriage thing. We should do a marriage. We should... And we'll get marriage speakers to do, and you come to church like, but not on a Sunday, we'll do it on a Saturday or a Friday and you come to church and you sit in there and you take notes and we're going to have best like this. And then we just happened to be sharing it with Dr. Matt and Michaela Ray around a beautiful charcuterie with a beautiful bottle of Camus, I think it was, and uh, which is, you know, the wine that you get in heaven, <laughs> Camus, and... Uh, Anyway, and all of a sudden, Dr. Matt and Michaela said, actually, we've got a heart for marriage ministry. What about instead of that, what about if we went out into the desert and we kind of booked out a resort? <laughs> yeah, now I'm talking about like we want to help people, you know, get, he said, no, 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 we, we go out and, 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 and we book out a resort and, and we, you know, we do the sessions there and, and we have fun and we do date nights and lip sync battles and, and I'm like, do you need date nights and lip sync? And then I began to realize, oh my gosh. So this marriage retreat wasn't just incredible. It was probably the greatest marriage retreat, probably one of the greatest conferences I've ever been to in my life. It was just gold. But I need you to understand, most churches will do something for marriage 
no church. I was meeting people who don't even come to our church. There was a couple from Colorado. There was people from Seattle, people from other states, from LA, people from Florida, Florida for crying out loud. And they're like, yeah, nobody does this. This is incredible. And let me just say this one last thing. Um, I remember the first one, there was about 100 people at it. And Dr. Matt, this is how classy they are. He researched, uh, I think it was about the top 15 or 16 restaurants out in Palm Springs and just blanket booked them, blanket booked them. And then we kind of drew out of a hat where we were going and there were tables for eight. And you're like, what the heck? And so you had just turned up and there were six other people there that also pulled that one out. And you got to have dinner with other couples and you say, well, hang on, date night, I'm meant to be. But the first thing God said isn't good is for man to be alone. It's not good that man should be alone. Why? Why would God say that's not good? And the reason is, is because you can't fix you by yourself. You can't repair you. You need community. You can say, no, 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 Pastor, no, I'm just going to try harder. I'm going to be more disciplined, more. Forget it, Bob. It's not good that man shall be alone. I shall make a helper. I'm telling you, there's something about community. It doesn't, it's not just about accountability. You know, we went through the whole accountability thing where, you know, you, you, get, you have an accountability partner and they ask you five questions. You know, have you done this? No. Have you done this? No. Have you done this? And then the sixth question, have you just lied to me? No. No way. Uh, and, and Christians out of sincerity, they're like, yeah, you know, I've got an accountability partner. Got an account. He lives in Madagascar. Conveniently. He lives in another time zone. He's got no idea what I'm getting away with here. But I've got an accountability partner. And so let me tell you, accountability partner, God says I'm going to make a helper suitable for you, comparable to you. She's going to be in relationship with you because real accountability is relational. Poor is the man that doesn't have great friends. Poor is the man that is not in a great community. This weekend, the, the marriage retreat wasn't just about keys for marriage and, you know, keys for how to treat your spouse and how to honor your spouse and how to build a great. It was about building friendships and connections and a community. Life is great with friends and it's difficult without it. Amen? Amen. Come on. So would you want a Dr. Matt and... I'm just so proud of you, Dr. Matt. What an incredible father you are. What an incredible son you are. What an incredible leader you are. What, a, what an amazing human you are. What an amazing bride you have. And um, I know that God loves me because he gave me Dr. Matt as a friend. He is my friend. I can say, yeah, I know him. He's my friend. We're like this. All right, come with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis. The title of my message is A Heroic Vision-Building Father. A Heroic Vision-Building Father. It's Vision Builder Series. Hang on to your hats. I've got 14 minutes and four points. Dear Jesus, how on earth did we get here? My gosh. All right, here we go. All right, the book of Genesis, chapter 6, verse 4. I've got to make sure that I don't get distracted. Mike, keep me on point. Keep me on point. There were giants on the earth in those days, which is terrible for me to start because I have this, this, this intrigue with this. Anyway, I can't go there. 
Stop it. And also afterwards, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them, the sons of God were angels. They weren't, you know, the, the lineage of Cain or some nonsense that, you know, Bible scholars who don't have any faith will tell you. These were the sons of God. But I, I thought the angels can't get married. That's right. So if you read your Bible, which we encourage, the Bible says they left their former state they have celestial knowledge and they, they re-engineer. They, they, Genesis says, reproduce after its kind, reproduce after its kind, reproduce up for a reason because these guys went in and they, they cross-pollinated. They, they, they broke down the sacred uh, barriers and the sacred boundaries that God had set. So they were reproducing a hybrid race in the earth known as the Nephilim. The Nephilim were hunting you down. They were hunting down anybody that bore the Imago Dei, the image of God, because their quest was if they could wipe out the image of God, the prophecy of Genesis 3, where God says, I'm going to put enmity, I'm going to put hostility between your seed, the devil, and her seed, the woman. There's going to be hostility, enmity in the earth, but you will bruise her seeds heal, but the heal that you bruise will crush your head. It was a prophecy of a Messiah, of a hero, of a hero coming to the earth who would destroy the works of the devil. So the devil had a plan. If he could wipe out humanity, then they could live forever on this earth and the Messiah wouldn't come. And it literally came down to one family, Noah's family. But we, let's keep reading. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man, verse 5, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. This is the first time wickedness is introduced in, in the Scriptures. The first time we hear the word wickedness. I need you to understand sin came from Adam's Adam's uh, rebellion against God, Adam's disobedience, sin came into the world through man. Wickedness came in through the rebellion of the angels. Sin came through man, wickedness came through the angels. But the wickedness was now in man. The Bible says that, that God saw that the wickedness of man, so man had given himself over to the spirit that was now in the world, which was the, the, the spirit of Satan. And that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. One translation says, and the Lord felt pain in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created. Imagine that. He's in so much pain that every time he looks, the, 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 the destruction, the pain, the murder, the violence. The Bible says the earth was filled with violence that there was just hatred and oppression and violence and destruction. And God was so grieved. He says, I've just got to wipe this out and I've got to start again. He said, I'm going to destroy man who I've created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing, birds of the air, for I'm sorry that I've made them. But Noah, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now skip down to, to verse 13. God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them all with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. 
make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. It's width 50 cubits. It's height 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark. You shall finish it to a cubit above. Set the door of the ark on its side. Make it with lower second and third decks. And behold, I myself am bringing floodwaters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you and you shall go into the ark you your sons your wife your sons wives with you and every living thing of all flesh you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you they shall be male and female not rocket science not rocket science verse 22 verse 22 thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him so he did All right, in nine minutes, four points. Number one, number one, Noah, Noah modeled a dedication despite being ridiculed. Noah, Noah was dedicated to God's vision, to building the vision that God gave him. Now, really, really quickly, the synopsis is Noah's great-grandfather was Enoch. Enoch was the one that prophesied the flood. In fact, Enoch prophesied two judgments. There will be two judgments in, uh, on the earth. The first judgment is the judgment of water, where God would literally cleanse the earth with water. The wickedness he would wipe out, he would baptize the earth, and what comes up out of the waters would be born again, would be new. And that would be all the wicked was snuffed out, but Noah, who was righteous and blameless before God, came up and he reproduced. But just... Just as the earth is cursed, what grows up from the earth has death in it. So in the same way, we find ourselves now where where wickedness and evil has flourished once again throughout the planet. So the Bible says there is a second judgment, and the second judgment is fire. The Bible says when Jesus returns, when Jesus comes in the the clouds, that, that everything will be destroyed by fire. Everything? Everything. This building? This building. Even churches. What about high rises? Everything? Yeah. What about you and I? You and I. What do you mean you and I will be? This, this flesh, the Bible says, will be consumed in a moment. The Bible says the heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be burned and melted with fervent heat. But you and I shall be changed in the twinkling of an eye. You are not a body. You live in a body. You are a spirit with a soul. And when this, this body is consumed... Your new body, your celestial body, will be. The Bible says you'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye, and we shall meet the Lord in the air. We will, I tell you a mystery, my brethren: we shall not precede those who have fallen asleep in Christ. But at the last trumpet, the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we who are left alive until the Lord's coming shall be changed in the twinkling of an eye, and we shall meet the Lord in the air, and we'll be together forever. And then we go to to heaven for what the Bible says is the marriage supper of the Lamb. Greatest picture, greatest picture. It's marriage retreat for a thousand years. It's just awesome. It's just awesome. Whirlpools. I mean, it's just awesome. For a thousand years. So the second, the second one is, is fire. And, and uh, beautiful uh, Eric Rodriguez, one of our fantastic security guys, says, Pastor, that's just like the baptisms. There's two baptisms. There's baptism of water and there's baptism by fire. That's right. When you're baptized by water, baptized by fire, guess what? You become both water and fireproof. You become judgment proof. You become judgment proof. And so, so 
If you're born again, you are judgment proof. You have nothing to fear because Jesus was already judged on the cross so that you could, could be set free. Somebody say amen. You have eternity, everlasting life. But Noah, Noah, when he was 500, when he was 500 years of age, God spoke to him about building an ark. God, God said, and it was at 600, the ark was finished and Noah went into the ark. So for 100 years, he's building an ark. For 100 years, this man has a vision that he's building. For 100 years, Noah had to put up with ridicule. For 100 years, he was mocked, he was laughed at, he was the laughing stock of the community. Hey, have you been by Noah's place? Oh my God, what an idiot. What's he building up there? And, and, and have you, have you, I mean, did you see the dimensions of the ark? Uh, this is what I love, you know, it's, it's kind of like, Noah, yeah? I want you to build me an ark. The end of all flesh has come to me. Okay, well, like a, like a, like a covering ark? Like an, like, a, like an umbrella, like an ark? Oh, no, excuse me, Noah. I mean, I mean a boat. I want you to build a boat. Oh, yeah, Dr. Hobbit's got a boat. It's, a great, it's got speakers and it plays country music. <laughs> Actually, uh, boat's a little bit bigger than Dr. Hubbard's. How big is it, Lord? It's 300 cubits. 450 feet? You mean one and a half football fields long? One and a half football fields long. 75 feet wide, three quarters of a football field, field wide, four stories high. It's not a boat. It's a carnival cruise liner. God is asking Noah to build something greater than just his vision greater than just his family, greater than just him. God wants him to be part of something, building something that goes beyond just his needs, just beyond his. He wants him to build something that is bigger, that is larger. Gideon is threshing wheat in a wine press and God says, I need you to get out of this confined place and lift up your eyes. I'm calling you to save a nation. You're just living to save yourself. The, the life that God has is greater. You, you are meant to live with a vision that goes beyond you, that goes beyond your capacity, your ability. And then let me just say this. The whole story of Noah is, is it's the antithesis of, you know, Christians should keep their faith private. Christians should just, you know, my faith is just private. You know, like I'm a Christian, but I don't, you know, I don't, I don't proselytize. I don't, you know, I don't, I just, it's private. It's, how many people know that? Hey, Noah, the heck you got going on? Nothing, it's, it's private. <laughs> it's not private. It's spilling into all your neighbor's yards. The heck is that? It is nothing. No, it's something. Look at it. 450 feet long. Four story. You can't hide it. He can't hide it. It's amazing. And we're told we've got to keep our faith private. 
that we shouldn't proselytize and we need to get the Bible out of schools and Christianity out of our, you know, our colleges and, and, and Christianity out of our, our courts and law room. And we've got to get rid of the Ten Commandments. If there's Ten we've got to rip them down. You know, Christians got to keep it private. It's just up to you. Shut up. You know, but, but hey, hey, we're going we're gonna to dress men in drag and we're going to send them down to the library and they're going to they're gonna proselytize. They're going to be evangelists to your children. They're going to they're evangelize them with, with perversion and inversion. That's okay. Oh, and, and, and if you say anything against, against that, Oh, we'll throw you in a fiery furnace of vitriol, of slander, of hatred. We'll cancel you. We'll shut you down. We'll vilify you. Seems like a little bit of a double standard. So Noah is building this, 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 this boat, 450 feet. I mean, how does he get the permits? How do, I mean, dear Jesus, we're trying to get permits down at East Lake. How does he get the permit to... to Can you imagine the EPA, the environmental impact people? The environmental wackos, you know, coming down saying, uh, no, it says here in your application for a permit, something about a global flood that's gonna destroy every living thing. That sounds like a negative impact on the environment if I've ever heard it. I don't think we can process this permit for, I mean, they mocked him. They mocked him. They're like, I know, well, what are you building? An ark. What's an ark? Boat. That's not a boat, that's an ocean. Why are you building it? Rain. What's rain? It's never rained before. Water falling from the sky. <laughs> you hear that? Say it again, Noah. It's, um, for 40 days and 40 nights, water's gonna fall from the sky. <laughs> what an idiot. He believes that God's going to make water fall. The water in the rivers, no, it's going to get up there. <laughs> the water in the oceans, going. <laughs> the water, in the, yeah, right. Here comes Noah. Hey, how's the water in the sky going? <laughs> For a hundred years, they're mocking him. We, we, we you know, I, if I was honest with you, I couldn't have cared less with, whether we had a campus on Coronado. Like, but you know, Pastor Mike. And Katie Yeager said to me, hey, there's, you know, we've got hundreds of families that live on Coronado. And pastor, what about a campus on Coronado? And they had a heart for us. I said, hey, you know, go for it. And I, I couldn't have cared less until, until, until. I start getting all these, you, you're an effing this and you're a blankety blank that and you and your wife are, and they're just nasty. Nasty, like I mean, the hate and the vitriol, just nasty. In like every, I'm like, I, these are people I haven't even met, and they're like, yeah, we're gonna make sure that awakened church doesn't get on Coronado. Where you, where you gonna, we're gonna make sure you don't bring hate to Coronado. And I'm like, I got a sneaky suspicion it's already there. So. You may want to listen to the prophet Michael Jackson and start with the man in the mirror. It's a little too late, my friend. Too late to apologize. Too late. So now I'm like, okay, well, obviously we're over. Noah knew he was over the target by the vitriol and the hatred. Can you be dedicated to the things of God, even though you, can I just tell you the level of mocking and Jesus says, you will be hated by all nations for my namesake, but blessed is he who endures to the end. In fact, I know that the more that we're hated, the more we must be over the target. 
We don't live by the words of men. Noah did not live by the words of men. He didn't live by Instagram likes. He didn't live by what, he, what platforms he wasn't canceled from. There was only one platform he cared about and it was fulfilling the word that God gave him from heaven. And let me just tell you, the people who were laughing, the people who were mocking, when all of a sudden it, water began to fall from the sky, they weren't laughing anymore. And when that door was closed, they were screaming and begging for their life, but it was too late. Noah was dedicated to spy ridicule. Number two, Noah gave the best. He gave his best for God's vision, God's mission, and God's assignment for his life. In this church, you're gonna find it difficult where the wrong church to go to if you just wanna, I just wanna sneak in, warm a pew, and just throw a couple of dollars into the bucket. Number one, we don't have buckets anymore. I don't know what happened to our buckets, Connor. We used to have buckets. There's no buckets anymore. So you can't even, but you know, I just, I just want to warm a pew that, no, 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 we won't let you. In this church, we're going to say the greatest thing you can do with your energy, with your expertise, with your skill sets, with your, the greatest quest for your life is to build the God vision, to become a builder of the vision of God for your life, something that outlasts this life. Just as, just as the ark was the only thing that survived the judgment, the church is the thing that will survive. Do you know that throughout the eons, throughout the ages, people have tried to wipe out the church. There was a man in the 18th century called Francois-Marie Voltaire. He was the most vitriolic atheist, this French philosopher. And he says, with my Ben, I will wipe out the edifice. It took 12 disciples to rear. Within 20 years, Christianity will be no more. My single pen will wipe it out. <laughs> Problem. Problem. He does die. On his deathbed, he grabs the doctor and he begs the doctor, I beg of you, give me six months more life. And then I shall go to El and you shall go with me. And the maid who was his nurse as he lay there dying, fled as he died. And she said, never again in my life do I want to see another infidel, another atheist die. But his prophecy was in 20 years time, Christianity will be no more. The edifice that took 12 disciples to rear my pen will destroy. So arrogant. He was the number one lecture at all the universities churches were intimidated and shut down many many young people fled from the church because he preached this this atheism but when he died literally 20 years to the day that he prophesied in 20 years time Christianity will be no more the Geneva Bible Society bought a mansion and they converted the mansion into a Bible printing press that mansion was the home of Francois-Marie Voltaire and it opened on the 20th anniversary of when he said in 20 years time, Christianity, let me tell you something, Francois-Marie Voltaire was no more but the Bible was being published and printed in his house because you and I serve a God who cannot be mocked. I'm telling you, kings will come, empires will come, nations will come and go, but Christianity will last forever. 
Give your life in this house. We want you to attack. Because I'm telling you, in 10,000 years' time, you'll be glad. You'll come up to Dr. Matt and say, thank you for getting me on a volunteer team. Thank you for getting me to men's prayer. Thank you for signing me up for Emerge. Thank you for getting me involved in the things of the kingdom. Because I gave my life to the kingdom, I'm building something that lasts for all eternity. Number three, Noah dedicated himself to living in prophetic vision. It had never rained before. It had never rained before and yet he's building because he has a dream in his heart for a day that's not yet. I, 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 just, I just love Noah. And then the Bible says that, 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 that he has to not just put his family in there but collect two of every animal, male and female. God was specific. God was specific. Like if you take your, your kid down to, the, down to the zoo and you go to the giraffe exhibition and your kid's like, Daddy, it says giraffe exhibition. There's no giraffes. Oh yes, son, sorry. That's because one of the giraffes, sneaky, identified as female. <laughs> sorry about that. Simple biology. Male and male cannot reproduce. Female and female cannot reproduce. Yeah, but what if, what if, just hear me on this, what if, what if, hormone blockers, what if, surgery, makeup, hair, estrogen shots. Yeah, 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 it, it, doesn't, it doesn't convert the Y into an X, does it, darling? It doesn't, it doesn't form a wound. So the seed has nowhere to go. It can't produce. It's not rocket science. It's just Bible. That's hate speech. Only if you hate truth. Truth always sounds like hate speech to people who hate the truth. Last one, number four. Noah's faithfulness. Noah's faithfulness saved himself his family and the entire world. Because Noah gave himself, picking up the wood and the nail every day to building the ark. He had no idea, he had no idea. He was just thinking he was just saving the animals and his family from that generation. But had Noah not been faithful, Shem, Ham and Japheth, his sons would have perished. But from Shem, just a few hundred years later would come a guy called Terah. Terah, who would have a son called Abram. Abram would become Abraham. Abraham would give his life to believe God and bring forth a son called Isaac, the son of promise. Isaac would give birth to Jacob and Esau. Jacob would give birth to the 12 patriarchs, the tribes of Israel. The fourth tribe is the tribe of Judah. From the tribe of Judah would come a, a, a king by the name of David. God would make a covenant with this David saying from you, from you, from your lineage, the Messiah is going to come. Thousand years later, Jesus is walking, the son of a carpenter is walking through the streets of Jerusalem and they're pointing, saying, behold, the Lamb of God, behold, the son of David. 
because of Noah's faithfulness back then. He didn't just save his wife. He didn't just save his family. He didn't just, he saved humanity. But even more than that, he was the one that God was able to fulfill the prophecy where the Messiah was able to come. Jesus was able to come, not just to die on the cross for your sin and my sin. Jesus, the Bible says in, in 1 John 3, 8, for this reason, Jesus appeared on earth to destroy the works of the devil. He came not just to die on a cross to redeem us. He rose again on the Sunday conquering death, conquering hell, having the keys of death so that you and I can have authority. So you don't have to cohabit with sickness and disease and anxiety and poverty and depression and bondage that you could be free, that you could have heaven on earth. Our assignment is to model heaven on earth. This is what heaven on earth looks like. When you walk with Christ, there is a power that is not of this world. It is a power from heaven. Jesus says, I want you to wait in Jerusalem because in a few days from now, you shall receive power. The Bible says they came from heaven, not from the earth, not from the four winds. They came from heaven, a mighty sound, a rushing wind that came from and it fell upon them and they were filled with power. You were created to live this life with power all because Noah was faithful. He was a heroic vision building father. He didn't just save his wife and save his family, but he saved humanity. Come on, let's stand to our feet. I'm out of time. I've disappointed Pastor Kayla. I was very naughty in the 9 a.m. service. And Kayla said, will you still be naughty even though Leanne's here? But my cute little Leanne, she has a look. It's an innocent look, but it's something behind it. Just turn your palms towards heaven. Here's, here's the truth, here's the truth. Because of Jesus, because of Jesus, listen to me, because of Jesus. Noah had no idea when he was reaching out his hand to build God's house, to build God's vision for his life. The same hand that reached out to build God's vision. I'm telling you this, there's a, a larger hand, a stronger hand that will reach back and build your life. God says, if you'll build my house, I'll build your life. In my, in my younger years where I had some moves and some tricks and unfaded good looks, I could, I could attract a Leanne. I had the moves. But let me tell you, I may have had the moves to attract a Leanne, but I had no moves to keep a Leanne. moves is all facade and tricks and performance but when you get married when you get married that person sees you when the mask is off when the facade is down she sees you with your dysfunctions your brokenness she sees you she doesn't just see you sometimes she smells you You're trying to blame it on the dog. It was the day, it was the dog. No, no, you were the one eating bowlfuls of pinto beans, weren't you? Bad breath, snoring. Negativity, attitude, criticism. I had no idea how to keep this one. But because I kept building his house, I had no idea that the hand that was building his house was at the same time saying, Jürgen, 
your heart is broken. Your heart is full of bitterness. You need to forgive your father. I'm not forgiving my father. He's not asking nor deserving. Well, you weren't asking or deserving when I hung on a cross for you. You need to honor him. You need to bless him. I had no idea that the little steps on the way of obedience, I had no idea that these little steps would change my heart where seeing my bride is, my God, what a, what a gift. How did I, how do I, Lord, how do I steward this treasure, this gift? I'm telling you, the greatest thing you can do is give your life to building God's vision for your life because you'll wake up in three to five years time and you look at your life and say, my God, I love my friends. I'm friends with Mike and Linda Smith. I'm friends with, with Dr. Matt and Michaela. I, 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 I love the Finns. I love the Almoses. I, I, I love Richie and Caroline. You, you, you'll wake up and you're like, my God, Mark Collin, the Mark Collin, acknowledges me in public sometimes, sometimes. Depending on, obviously if there's important people around, I don't. But you know, if there's no, you look, if there's no, then it's awkward. I'm telling you the greatest life, the greatest life. Jesus didn't come to give you religion, came to give you life and life more abundantly. Lift your hands to heaven. Father, we just thank you for your blessing. We just thank you for your goodness. Father, I thank you for your church, your life, your power. Father, I pray for those who maybe didn't raise their hand in the first appeal, but know today is the day. On Father's Day, the greatest thing you can do is experience the love of your heavenly Father. I, I met Him 38 years ago on a beach. I wasn't looking for Him. I, I was just trying to place or win in a Christian surface thing. I came forth in the surface thing, but I came first in the kingdom thing because I met Him. I met Him. Everything changed. Everything changed. Today, Father, move across hearts, move across lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.